You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. How are you excited about what we're studying? We're talking about firsts. Everybody say first. Okay, you got it ready to take a breath? Matthew 6.33. Ready? Read. Jesus gave us a clear instruction, and God has empowered us this year to make that our focus. And so we are determining to ensure we put first things first, first things, priorities. But in order to know God and His kingdom, if He says, seek first the kingdom of God, well, you have to know what you're seeking for you to know what that is. So in order to receive, you have to recognize what you're looking for. You know, if I say go look for something, I have to tell you what you're trying to find. Because you can go looking and not know what you're looking for. But if you're saying seek first the kingdom of God, evidently that kingdom is available for us. So that kingdom is here and now. It's not in heaven one day. He's not going to go say seek the kingdom of God talking about the place heaven. Well, how are we ever going to find that on the planet? No, it is here available to you and me today. And we want to walk in the fullness of what he has for us. Remember John chapter 17, Jesus said, this is eternal life. Verse 2, as you have given him authority, he's talking about, well, let's read from verse 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life. Everybody say eternal life. To as many as you have given him. This is eternal life. What is eternal life? That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I finished the work with which you've given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Everybody say, with you before the world was. Evidently, Jesus was with the Father before God ever said, let there be light. So we had a look this morning and we saw that Jesus is that living word. When we saw the word olam, eternal, It talks about an eternity that's invisible. We understand that we are natural beings living in a natural world, but we are not natural people having a spiritual experience. God is spirit. He created us to live that life. If Adam never failed, he would have been living in the full glory of that presence of God. But through sin, he stepped out of that light and darkness entered in. But God already had a plan, and he sent his son, Jesus, to come and redeem us from that darkness back into light. And here we see John announcing that this is exactly what God had established. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. Through who? The Word. The Word is a person. Say that. The Word of God is a person. 
Now notice, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So we established that this morning through the scripture, that evidently Jesus is not a created being. Because he said through him, everything that was made that was made, was made through him. So if everything was made, including Jesus, it couldn't have been done through him. So being through him means that Jesus enjoys the same olam, the same eternity as the Father. He's always been with the Father, he always is and always has been and always will be. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness. The darkness did not comprehend it. Now verse 14 confirms that word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. Say this. Jesus is the living word. The word has identified Jesus as God in existence for eternity with God eternal, the Father. Now, as I've already said, and I'll say it again and many, many times over because we need to get a hold of this, is when you start to talk about things in that fourth dimension, in the realm of the supernatural, you have to let go of three-dimensional restrictions. Now, even when you talk about the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, I've heard people try and explain the Trinity. They say, you know, it's like an egg that has a shell and the yolk in the middle, you know. Hang on. But now you're putting him back into a natural explanation. You know, it's like water. Water and ice and steam, you know. No, no, that's back. You, your brain will never be able to match or understand God because it is totally outside the realm of natural understanding. That's why someone who is still trapped in these three dimensions tries to use Logic tries to use science, try to use uh, natural reasoning to figure out God will use natural progression is if all things that we see demonstrates a creative mind, it's understandable that all that exists, if we have a creation, there must be a creator. Then the natural mind will say, well, then who created him? That's like supposed to trap you. You know, if, 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 who created him? And if you keep pushing that question, then you're going to say, well, then who created that one? And who created that one? But the moment you step outside the realm of light, you're already in a realm that you, we will never perceive with this natural mind. So I can't use a natural logic question to question if God exists. That's why Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how do we please him? By believing he is. Not believing he was or will be. Believing he is. That's, that's kind of like, you know, almost an obvious statement. You know, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool. Now, that's not a derogatory term. It, it's, it's a state of mind. Why would a fool say there is no God? Because if we have to say, because obviously the one saying there is no God has thought in their own natural reasoning, they've come to the conclusion there can't be a God. Well, how come? Why is it? Well, show me proof. Where do I see him? 
How would you like me to prove there's no God? Because you are categorically stating there is no God. You must have some kind of proof. Well, I've never seen him. Really? You've been to the moon? He could be. If, 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 he, if you wanted proof, it could be on the dark side of the moon where no man's ever been. Are you with me? You have to have gone there to say, look, there's no God there. But then what if while you were walking around to the dark side of the moon, he decided to go visit Venus? So you'd have to be on Venus as well. But by the time you get to Venus, he's moved to Neptune. Can you see where this is going? So the only way to say God is nowhere in the universe, you would have to be in the entire universe at the same time. You'd have to be able to look behind every nook and cranny, under every rock, every tree, everywhere, and, and scan everything in one moment and say there is no God there. And to do that, you would have to know all things. You'd have to know how to, you'd be omniscient, you'd be omnipotent, you'd be omnipresent. Hang on. I've just described the God. So by saying there's no God, you're identifying yourself as the God. You've contradicted your own statement. The fool has said there is no God. See, I can still work with someone and say, I don't know if there's a God. Now we can work. But to categorically say there is no God, that, that, that just shows ignorance to the realm of the spirit. Because once you step out, now you understand when it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe he is. It's not just saying believe there is a God. It's believing he is eternal. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is the beginning. He is the last. He's the alpha and the omega. He has always been. He always will be. He is. He is right now in all of eternity and eternities of eternities. He exists. He always has. And when he speaks, creation happens. God says, now I can work with you. Now I can be a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That's the eternity of God. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is Jesus, the image of this invisible God. Image means He is exactly the same. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Everybody say firstborn. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him all things consist. He is the head of the body. The church. Say, that's me. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Family, there is nothing that you are going through that Jesus doesn't understand because he was tempted in all things, yet without sin. And he did it as a man on the earth. So he... In dying on that cross, bore your sin. He was made to be sin. And then he was born from that 
He's the firstborn, not just the only begotten. He used to be called the only begotten, but now he's the firstborn. First meaning there's more. Hallelujah. Remember Exodus chapter 3? I've heard people say Jesus never actually expressly said he's God because he spoke about himself as the son of Adam, uh, as, as the last Adam, the son of man. Called himself the son of man, the last Adam. Why? He had entered into the earth as a man. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed the devil for God was with him. Not because he was God. So on the earth, he was man. And he came as that purpose. He says, for this purpose, the Son of Man was put in the earth. To destroy the work of the enemy. Man lost it. Man's going to get it back. You getting this? Now that doesn't stop him from being God. He's still God. Totally. That's where people get nervous with this understanding of the scripture is what you tell me he wasn't God no no no, he's always God but he chose to humble himself and come in the likeness of man demonstrating the kingdom now Jesus may never stand up and he may be never said I am God now I don't have time to go into the full details we're going to look at some scriptures now but I'm going to show you how Jesus very, very wisely, he knows how words work. And he would has to stay accurate to his words. Amen. Now, expressly, when uh, Peter, remember when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And they started discussing reincarnation. And he said, no, hang on, who do you say that I am? Do you remember Peter's response? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. The Son of God. Jesus didn't say, no, hang on, hang on, hang on now. No, no, he said, man didn't reveal that to you. That you got from the Father. So that already, remember when they wanted to stone him because he said God is his Father. That they said it's because you make yourself equal with God. So there are statements like that. But I want to show you something else here. Exodus chapter 3 verse 13. Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said, and God said, and God said. These are words. Now I've said this morning, and I'll, this is what I keep referring to, is when God speaks, it's not just sound coming from his lips. Because even in the natural, he does not have the same as we have in our physical body. He doesn't have vocal organs like we have. And are you with me? Yet he has a way of communicating. And he sends a word forth. He said, I send my word for purpose. To accomplish what I please. He said he sent his word to heal. He sent his word to heal. In the beginning was the word. The word was? With God and the Word was God. So the Father has intention. And then when He expresses that intention, it comes out as Word. I hope I'm not losing anybody. Because I can only say it using my English language. 
Did you hear what I just said? See, I'm speaking to you and you're hearing English words, but that's in the natural. Don't get lost there. The Father has an intention, and when He expresses that intention, it comes out as Word, and that Word was born into flesh, and His name is Jesus. But in the beginning, it was the Word. The Word is the expression of the Father. So when He sent His Word to heal, who healed? Well, by His stripes, you've been healed. So when God says, I sent my Word to accomplish, it is Jesus coming forth to accomplish everything that God intended. And He returned to the Father. The Word shall not return void. So when you hear the Word, you're hearing that person who you know as Jesus, your Saviour. Even as I'm preaching now, you're hearing Alan Bagg's vocal organs, these frequencies. Someone listening, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, but don't listen to that. Don't let this put you off. Don't let what I wear put you off. Don't let my hairstyle put you off. Because someone's feeling, I can't listen to that guy. Don't, you need to put all, just listen to the Word. Because it's Jesus speaking to you. So now that Word comes and in his, he said, my words are spirit and they are life. Life to those who find them and health to their flesh. You hearing the word, it is causing something to happen in your spirit. So whenever you hear God, you're hearing the word. Who? Who you know is Jesus. So when God says to Moses, I want you to go speak to my people. God said, So Moses says, who shall I say, send me? They say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? The word is now heard. Moses is hearing the word. Remember, he only became Jesus when he entered into a human body. And he was named Jesus. But he's already existed. So now Moses is hearing him. I said, Moses, he, he's looking at a burning bush, but he's hearing the Word of God. See, we're going to have to forget the natural. Bushes don't talk. Well, well, bushes don't burn with fire that doesn't consume either. That's what stopped Moses. Like, he has a burden bush burning, but it, this isn't normal. That, that bush looks alive, but it's got a glow on it. There's a fire. And then word comes out of it. The word of God and the word said. The word of God. I am who I am. That's who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Everybody say, I am. I am. That's his name. But when he says it, he's not just saying, I exist. I'm here now. 
When he says, I am, he's talking about his eternity. Not I was, I will be. When he talks to us, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever because we think in terms of time. I'm the Alpha and Omega because you think of beginning and end, but he says, he didn't say, I'm the Alpha and then will be the Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I fill it all. Now that I am means he is. Everything that he is, everything he contains, everything that he knows, all wisdom, all power is in that statement. Everybody say, I am. Now, Jesus was talking to some people, and he says in John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus said to them, most assuredly, because he was talking about Abram like he's already existed, he was before him, and they said, how can you, being only a few years old, you know, be, even know Abram? And he says to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abram was... I am. Now, they didn't pick up on that. But you and I have wisdom and insight to the word. He didn't say before Abraham was, I already existed. Before Abraham was, I am. That's the name of God. John chapter 18. Now, this is interesting. Judas... Having received a detachment of troops, remember he sold Jesus for 40 pieces of silver. So he's got the detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, for some reason, they didn't recognize him in that moment. That's, I mean, why are they coming to arrest him? Because they're fed up with what he's been saying. They're fed up with how he's been riling up the crowds. They have a reason. They want to get this, this Jesus. Now they arrive, and he goes and stands in front of them. Who are you looking for? And they go, Jesus of Nazareth. Family, I put it to you, that moment, he wasn't standing there just in his flesh. You couldn't recognize him in that moment. Because he had to identify, Jesus said to them, I am he. Now, how many of you have got an actual printed Bible with you? If it's like the King James or Old King James, can you look at that word, I am he? Now, just, I've read it, so I can tell you, but for the sake of those that need confirmation, can you see the word he is in italics? If that is so in your Bible, just lift up your hand, and we can wave, wave your hand. So that's just to show you that it is so. Now, if, you, if you're questioning that, go look it up, find yourself a King James or whatever, you'll see the he is in italics. Now, for the sake of those that may not have heard me say this, you have to say it every time just so that everybody is on the same page is the original scripts of the Bible were written in, like the Old Covenant is mainly Hebrew, the New Covenant, Greek, and there are some Aramaic verses as well. So obviously, we're translating out of those languages into, in this case, English. 
Sometimes in translating, uh, there may be some things that are said in a way that don't make sense. So we need to just fill in some extra words. So if you translate it directly, the translator feels we need to clarify this. Uh, sometimes it could be a personal understanding or whatever, but what they did is that if a word was not in the original text, but it's been included by the translator, it was put into italics so that you will know that wasn't in the original text, the original parchment. So do you notice he is in italics? So that means I can read it without he, without changing the Bible. Because when John wrote this, he wrote it like this. Who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, so you can hear John's busy explaining it. So it sounds like he said, I am. Now all of this is happening. Judas was there, blah, blah. No, no, it says, when he said. So in other words, who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. I am. They all fell on the ground. Now, family God, if you've got a God who's about to arrest someone, who are you? And I'm, I, that's me. And they're not going to go, Ugh. That's not what Jesus was doing. He wasn't putting a name tag on. And you found me. I want you to know who you've come for. I want you to know you are not arresting me. I am giving my life up. You're looking for me? Who's it you're looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I am. Bam. In that moment, His glory is revealed and everybody hits the floor. And He stands there and waits for them to recover. And eventually they get up, he gets up, he gets up. Are you ready? Okay, now let's go. They did not arrest Jesus. God Almighty, the eternal I am, gave himself for you. Come on, give him praise if you can get a hold of that. Jesus never called himself God. He didn't have to. He is God. Hallelujah. Oh, don't you love your Savior? John chapter 1 verse 10. He was in the world. The world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. As many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of a man, but of God. Amen. Family, let me remind you, you were not, your existence was not decided by your parents. They thought they made the decision. God chose to send you to this earth. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, but my parents said I was a mistake. Uh-uh. You might have surprised them, but you are not a mistake. You've been sent here on divine purpose and divine assignment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I know the devil's messed with many of our lives and there are some people that are so hurt by their past, they have been feel so insignificant, they seem so downtrodden and who am I? No one loves me, no one knows who I am, no one, if I went missing, no one would even miss me. And that person, why, why has the enemy nailed you so badly, so much so that he can totally annihilate any sense of identity out of you. That tells me the person that feels the least, actually there's a reason for it. You probably have more in you. There's something in you that God has sent you for and the enemies try to silence that voice. Today I announce it to you. Rise up. The I am sent you. The I am has chosen you. The I am has saved you. And it's time to put aside, don't doesn't matter what anybody ever told you, whatever teacher any told you, whatever person ever told you, whatever bully tried to drive out of you. Stand up, put those shoulders back and rise up and be the one who God's called you to be. See, it's not about me. I, I can't claim anything to this. There's no arrogance. There's no pride in this. I know what it's like to be lost without hope. He came to find me. That's why when people said I was a, I was a drug addict and an alcoholic and, on the, on the, and then I found Jesus. I understand what they're trying to say, but I want to get the terminology right. Jesus wasn't lost. He came for you. He came for you. I know sometimes we think I wake up one morning, I'm, I'm going to go to the bay. No, no, he's been calling. He's been calling. He's been calling you all the time. The fact that you're watching this on television, it's not an accident. Right now, you're seated where he wants you to be to hear me and say, today's your day. Come on. See, when Jesus was praying and he said to the Father, glorify me. Take me back, give me back, restore the glory that I had with you before this was all created. There was a plan and purpose in it. That same prayer, he says in verse 20, I do not pray for these alone. Who's he talking about? His disciples that are around him. But he says, I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word. Well, you're reading the word of God. Isn't that right? And the gospels start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They're sitting there with Jesus. So we know Jesus because of their word. So this is you. How many got saved again because you heard the word? Everyone. Anyone who's saved, born again, was because of the word. That word came through these disciples and through the ages. So... Jesus saying, I do not pray for these alone, but also for Alan. You can put your name in there. Say, bump your name and say, that's me. Look at that. I'm right there in the Bible. You'll be amazed how many times you show up in this book. Amen. Jesus is praying for me. Say that. Now, how you know that when he prays, those prayers are answered. Jesus doesn't pray shot in the dark prayers. He prays with purpose. You know, if the Word is praying, He knows how to pray the Word. The Word is praying the Word. 
to the Father who is one with, and the Father is in agreement, and Jesus is praying according to the will of the Father. You know when He prays, it's done. So He has a done prayer for you. Verse 20, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. As you, Father, are in me and I in you. See, there again, we're outside of natural understanding. Now, I've heard someone, even after I explained this, they still came to me, yeah, but it's also like, you know, and, and they try and explain it using the natural thing. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to out them. But Jesus is in the Father. At the same time, the Father is in Jesus, what he just said. But notice, it's not just him and the Father that are in each other, but that they also, that they also, who? Who? You just said, I pray for Alan. I pray for Samuel. I pray. Say, that's me. That they also may be one in us. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, the Word was God. That Word was with the Father. According to Jesus, Him and the Father are so one, you really can't tell the difference. I'm in you, you're in me. Now I pray because of what I'm about to do, because of why you sent me, this is your intention, is the way that we are one. that they also may be the same in us. Are you ready to go to another dimension? You remember when Jesus said, when Philip said, show us the Father? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What's Jesus saying? You really can't tell the difference. Express image. That's what he said. Go study this morning. The express image. Now Jesus is saying, I'm ready to take those that you've given me. And I'm praying, Father, that you would do the same for them. In other words, when someone looks at you, They might see your flesh, but there's something. You're different. You're not the same as everybody else. You respond different. I sense joy. I sense energy. See, they're using natural terms, but when you walk in a room, something happens in the room. What are they seeing? What are they experiencing? This one. This God, this Almighty. Why? Because it's no longer I who live. It is Christ, the Anointed One that lives in me. See, we have to get our flesh so aside. It's because when, when things happen, and that's what the enemy's trying to sidetrack, is he's going to prod you and stick you and, and trip you up because the idea is to respond. And the moment I respond in the flesh, 
They go, oh, you're just like everybody else. Okay, so you go to church, but look at you. I mean, you just, you, you sound like, an, oh, you're supposed to be a Christian. Look what you do. Look how you live. Now they don't hear you anymore. Can you see? It's not just about being good Christians. And, 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 and you know, living a right life because it's your obligation. No, His grace has set me free from sin. He set me free from the pressures of temptation. He set me free from this flesh, from all the lusts, from all the angers, from all. I now walk in the Spirit. And if I can renew my mind to that, that whenever I open my mouth, you're only going to ever hear Jesus. If I have to respond, you're going to hear Jesus. If someone has a need, you're going to hear Jesus. You're going to hear the Word. You're going to see the Word. You're going to experience the love of God. Love permeates us when we are one with Him. Not trying to get our way, not getting offended because someone didn't understand me. Jesus never had a problem with that. Even those that questioned, who do you think you are? He didn't have to say, excuse me, I'm God. He was so under the radar, no one even picked it up. Yet when it was necessary, I am. And he's saying, if we can get to that place, now we'll never be God. We're not God. There is only one God. I said this morning, many times I open my prayers when I'm worshiping and honoring Him. I'll start with the Father. You're the Creator. I'm your creation. There's only one God. But we are one. Why? That the world may believe you sent me. How will the world believe that Jesus was sent by the Father when we walk one with Him? Something happens. And the glory which you gave me, which you just prayed, I'm going back to. The glory you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. Not similar, just as, just as, just as. Lift your hand, say, Jesus said it. See, don't get nervous with these things because if I was just giving you an opinion, then someone can talk you out of it. And there's a lot happening right now. There's a, there's a strong move where people have been trying to use and talk you out of the Word, out of the faith that God has given you. You're not going to let that happen. You're going to let the Word speak. Say, Jesus said it. Jesus said, He prayed. His prayers answered. And He asked the Father, the same way that they are one, He asked the Father to give me the same glory so that we may be one just as they are one. I am now one with Almighty God. Come on, verse 22. I in them and you in me, that we, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know you've sent me and I loved them as you have loved me. Now, family... 
Is there any question in your mind that the Father could ever stop loving Jesus? So why would you think He stopped loving you? Why are you trying to get Him to love you? Why are you trying to earn His love? Rest in His love. Trust His love. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you've given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. You loved me before the foundation of the world. I pray that they may know that I love them the same way. Jesus loved you before the foundation of the world. The I am who's already in your future knows what you're still going to do. The good and knowing you would sin, he loved you. Oh, come on, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Have a look at the scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Family of God, do you understand how God sees you? He always has been your word, your savior. And then we came to meet him. He is God. And you understand how much he loved us. No matter how we messed up. That refocuses me again and again. I've just seen it more and more. It becomes more and more difficult to sin. Because in the past, you know, you can maybe be tempted and land up sinning and then go to the Father. I did it again. I apologize again. But now it's come to a place where I realize everything you've done. It's something that I want to honor. And I want to make a choice. If I keep you first, you're in me. I'm in you. We're in the Father. The Father's in me. If I'm aware of His presence, how do you go from there to sinning? Because even in the natural, if someone wants to, you know, take something that's not theirs, what do they do? They... What are they doing? They're looking that no one's there. But he's right there. He's right there. Do you think he switches off at that moment? Okay. Son, son, go for it, then I'll forgive you. No, no, he's right there. So when I'm aware of his presence, it doesn't matter if you're watching or not. See, that's integrity. Is when you believe the word, when you truly believe he is. When you truly believe he's always present, when you truly believe he's paid for all your sin, 
and I'm aware of that, the temptation, I can walk away from it. That's why Jesus was tempted in all things, yet without sin. Because he worked, walked perfectly in this way. But praise God, by his grace, he's given us access to that as well. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8. <clears throat> Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Heavenly God, once you understand these things, you're no longer embarrassed to be identified as a Christian. Doesn't matter what the world thinks or says. Oh, you're one of those people? Yeah. Why? Don't be ashamed of that testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Now, the sufferings of the gospel is not sickness, disease, poverty, lack, and those sort of things. It has to do with when you stand up for the name of Jesus. You understand tribulation and persecution will come. We studied that already. Focus here is verse 9. He saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus when? Before time began. Before time began. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who's abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He's brought life and immortality. He's brought and how? Through the gospel. What is eternal life? That we may know Him. But it's not just so that you could have life eternal. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are born of His Spirit. You are born into God. And God in you. You will never die again. I said, you will never die again. Someone says, but I knew a Christian and I went to his funeral. No, no, the body ended. We buried the body. That was a vehicle. It's like when you have a car accident and they write the car off, they put the car in a, in a, in a, in a scrap heap. Are you with me? You done with the vehicle? Okay, bury it. You stepped out. You're in God. Family, you won't even know it. I tell you, I don't know how your end may be. I don't know how my end will be. I actually don't want to know. I just know one day when I'm ready, uh, me and Janine have made a, made a decision and we're living it by faith. And people can mock it and laugh at it. That's fine. I've just learned to live by faith. Is I don't see myself living on this planet without my wife. And my wife doesn't want to live without me. We both have an assignment together. One day it will come. We'll say, are you done? Yes. Are you done? Yes. We both done. Yes. Children got it. Fine. Everybody else got it. The leaders got it. You guys good? Everybody happy? All right. We're out. Check out. Wow. 
they did that. Even under the old covenant, they call all the children in, bless them, you're going to bless you, bless you, you're going to become this, bless you, you're going to, oh no, you're going to have a hard time. And I'm going to bless you. And, 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 and they blessed, and then they turned over and went to sleep. That's, that's under the old covenant. We have a new and better covenant. Are you with me? You don't, that's where someone's going to scan them. Well, if you believe in healing, how are we going to die? Like that's a problem. If you're wondering how you're going to leave the planet, just go sit in the middle of the highway somewhere. I mean, you know, it's not like you have to find a way to die. We're all going to leave. Isn't that right? But I don't believe we need to go out in pain and agony. But, but if that does happen, I believe even in that moment, God in His mercy will protect you. You won't even know it. You'll just be walking along this moment. Whoa! This is what Pastor Allen's been talking about. The fourth dimension. I'm here now. Whoa! That's God. Wow, angels. Wow. Now, you understand what I'm saying? You are immortal. God, oh, come on. You're going to love for that eternal, the old lamb that we've been talking about. Come on, give Jesus praise. Come on, give Him glory. Let's stand together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. See, I'm not talking about your flesh. I'm talking about you, the Spirit. Praise God. Now the key is don't give up on that. Amen. Don't give up on it. Because people can, eventually, the enemy hits them hard enough, walk away from these things. But that's not going to happen to you. I said, that's not going to happen to you. Because we're going to stay focused. Keep him first. Keep his kingdom first. The Father who has always existed. In the beginning, Jesus, the Word. He's my Savior. Hallelujah. 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 Has this blessed you? How many you can, how you can, it's like, whoo. <laughs> it, it's like, what can this natural world ever do to me? Because the almighty, eternal God, my Father. Just close your eyes for a moment. Just, just enjoy that. Enjoy that. Just enjoy His presence. Just enjoy that. See, you're experiencing the presence of God. See, religion can't get you this. It only comes by the Word. It comes by His life. His anointing. The presence of God. What wonderful glory. The same glory with which you glorify me that I had with you before time began, I have given them that glory. Hallelujah. When you gave your life to Jesus, you didn't just take on a ticket to heaven. You were born of His Spirit into His Spirit. Born into God, in Him, in Him. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. He loves you with the same love with which the Father loves you. And the Father loves Jesus. 
Love others the way he loves you.